This is Animals Voice Podcast, presented by the Ontario SPCA, with 50 communities working together for animal welfare. We've got another great show for you on the way, so put your paws up, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Animals Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McKenzie, and happy to be joined today by Dan Ferguson. Dan is the manager of producer relations with Beef Farmers of Ontario. Dan, how are you? Fine today. Good to have you here. We appreciate your time. So today we're going to be talking about uh, the partnership that the Ontario SPCA has uh, collaborated and come up with with Ontario Beef, and it's going to be, I guess, assisting. Well, you, I'm not going to jump in. I'm going to let you explain it to our listeners because you'll be a lot more articulate than I am. Uh, but first of all, I wanted to just ask, how long have you been with the uh, Beef Farmers of Ontario? I've been with the uh, Cattlemen's formerly, and now Beef Farmers of Ontario for 12 years. As okay. a staff member. Yep. Okay, so you've got a number of years in this realm. Mm-hmm, uh, for sure. And can you tell us a little bit about the Beef Farmers of Ontario in terms of what, like, what is the Beef Farmers of Ontario? What do they do? Well, it's a producer-financed organization through checkoff dollars that uh, 16,000 members across Ontario pay into that supports 12 staff members that cover everything from communications, media, reaction, government relations, policy development, producer education, research, etc. So it's quite a wide range of topics that we cover for our producers. Okay, excellent. Yeah. And uh, I was when I was doing my research for the interview, I saw... The Beef Code of Practice Workshop was referenced and one of the things I read. Can you explain a little bit about what the Beef Code of Practice Workshop is? Well, about a year and a half ago when the new code was released uh, that kind of uh, fills in for the previous code that was over 20 years old, we felt that there'd be a need to get it in the hands of producers and the extension services available through OMAFRA and other avenues um, didn't seem to be filling that void and it wasn't really their mandate anyway. So we thought having workshops uh, for the farmers to come to to get the code in their hand so they could reference it because not everyone's can computer savvy. Sure. So we'd actually give them the paper copy. They could go through and see what the categories were covered, the difference between recommended practices in it and requirements in it so that they could get the differences. And we felt that getting it in their hand was step one. The old code sat in uh, resource centers for way too long and didn't get uptake from producers. So with all the current situations, we wanted it in their hands. So you had these workshops to make sure that the information was in the hands of those beef farmers and that there was understanding and that they get it, right? Yeah. What what like what was this, the format of these workshops? Like what, like how often were they? Were they spread out across the province? We how wait, did it go? Yeah, good question. We wait for the county to approach us. We don't require that they have one of these, and the proactive counties will organize it. They'll. Um, we felt the best venue for the workshop would be in the farmer's workshop, either in his tool shed down in his barn, somewhere on his farm, so the neighborhood would come in, feel comfortable there. There'd be a real ease of them not being in an institution being preached at. But sure. go right to their farm. So usually in a county, we'll have 20 to 30 invited folks, the producers, that come that night. We work with the local vet, not a ministry vet, but the local vet that they all recognize Smart. and respect yeah. uh, and usually have a relationship with. And we'll go through, I'll give a background to the code, hand the book out. We go through kind of the key points of the code. And then we throw it over after about half an hour of that kind of review of what's in the code to the vet to go at shoot side and demonstrate some of the new parts of the code that are key for these producers to get uptake on. Okay. You mentioned changes, like you talked about a year and a half ago when the new code came out. Tell me about, like, what are those changes that were made to the beef code? Well, the new code is dealing more with pain mitigation around certain invasive processes, castration, dehorning of the cattle, which are just 
genetically necessary for the program we're in. But um, before this new code came out, we didn't have products available for pain mitigation. Now the pharmaceutical companies have developed the appropriate products that can be used both for castration and for dehorning. But the farmer, he's a little naive about how to administer them, what the cost is, what range of products are available. Uh, So he needs that vet to interact with him. And in the peer pressure group of, say, 30 or 40 of his neighbors, he sees it being done. It's not rocket science. It's not that much more difficult than doing the processes originally to add the layer of pain mitigation so that the animal comes out of it at the other end with a lot less stress involved. And those are the key things. The farmers love to see um, the vet do the procedure, and they can learn from that hands-on activity. Okay. But pain mitigation is the big one. We also focus on uh, the vet-client-patient relationship. It was soft-worded in the previous one. This time it's becoming a requirement where that vet has to be on-farm not just for emergencies, but for consultation purposes to work the farmer through um, protocols that are around preventing certain issues on farm. All right. So keep keeping the animal's welfare right in the forefront. Sounds like it's uh, paramount in this new code then. Well, funny you should mention that because we've got so much media coverage now of welfare issues in not any specific commodity, but they're out there. Yeah. And probably some of your listeners would have seen and read the information that's available. So we think it's really key right now that these producers are willing to come to workshops where they're learning um, what's expected in the code and how they have to defend their own operations against some of the accusations from from media at certain times. Okay. So... I mean, the first bit of our interview, you've given us an interesting little glimpse into the code, uh, as well as, I think, the beef-producing industry. I'm curious about now blending that into the collaboration that you now have, a partnership with the Ontario SPCA. Can you speak a little bit about that new partnership? Well, yeah, we're glad that this partnership started. It was about a year ago when they actually signed up the MOA or the MOU, whichever way you want to frame it. But the idea there is to reduce that tension level that was occurring on the farm when just the SPCA officer would show up. There'd be a level of resistance from the producer that he was already assumed guilty of something by seeing a suit or a vest or a car come in that was uh, going to follow up on a complaint. Yeah, and outsiders to their industry, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we took uh, a year ago in London and through partial SPCA training, OMAFRA and CFIA, 20 of our what we call helpline reps or or producer educated reps um, have now been trained in the appropriate way to work with SPCA on a farm visit like this. So it um, de-escalates a lot of the tension at the farm gate when farmer Dan or Andy or any one of us that have gone through the training approach the farmer first and say, I'm from a farm too. I've got full understanding of all the issues to do with rain, mud, you know, things that arise on a farm day to day. And we want to make sure that the investigation that we're following up on with this SPCA officer today is is justified and will result in better animal care. Is there a benefit to this collaboration uh, for the beef farmers of Ontario? Yeah. Yeah. It shows that we can work with other associations. We're not alienating or drawing a line in the sand against some of the other organizations that have, have the same end resulting goal is the welfare of of the livestock that we're keeping. We go on the farm, we meet ahead of time, do a little consultation, uh, approach the farmer at the same time, and we have a unified front as to what it is that we want the outcome to be of that visit. So tell me, I mean, you just touched on that. I think I'd like our listeners to get a clear picture of what is a complaint on a beef farm? Like, what does that look like? If, If a neighbor sees something that they question, who do they call 
and how does that partnership come together so that it is the Ontario SPCA and uh, someone from the beef farmers of Ontario that are making that visit? Can you can you yeah. take me through the logistics of that? There's kind of two different strategies that go on there. One of the call could come into Ontario Farm Animal Council, Ontario Farm and Food Care. They've been now renamed. Okay. Yeah, and that would be what we call a helpline call. It wouldn't involve SPCA at that initial stage. It's been somebody that's drove by, seen what they perceive to be a situation of concern, whether it's distress or concern, um, and have called it in. And it may have no credibility to it at all. Right. And so we might go out individually as just a helpline rep and see, and we would call that producer in advance and say, we're coming because we've got this call through the helpline. No more to your point, the SPCA call, it would come into SPCA in whatever manner that is. Mm-hmm. Um, then it would be fielded across to our policy fellow, Richard Horn, who would then dispatch one of our 20 trained personnel in that geographic area yeah. that did not have a conflict of interest. We kind of go through that little stage okay. first, you know, it's my brother's farm okay. sure yeah, i yeah. want to see him up against the wall but um <laughs> you know there's any number of issues that can happen there but um basically then richard dispatches the trained person in that area within a window of time that's um going to work with spca situation okay you know like maybe within 24 hours maybe 48 depending on the severity of what was reported in the call that came in so do you guys go first and then we go or do we try to collaborate no. like coordinate our, our visit when it comes through spca it's a collaboration okay when it comes through the helpline at farm and food care we go ourselves first okay we get there we see something that's in a bad situation then we come back and we involve spca okay I understand. but if we can correct it by just working with the, on the helpline side of things if we can say look this is not good this mud or this lack of feed in the feeder or whatever the case is that day we would make some recommendations but when we're there with sc spca we do the discussions about what's normal farm practices here yeah. uh, the storm we just had yesterday how that affects what we're looking at right now um maybe it's just a, a calving situation a non-ambulatory steer in a feedlot that slipped some stuff like that that maybe can be corrected with a hospital pen or some scenario like that but if there's a need for an order to be written mm-hmm. spca will go ahead and write it okay it sounds like our organizations are similar in that we both lead our investigations with education first i mean uh, i think there are some people that look upon our agents on the road as you know the animal police and that we go in and we take animals or, or something like that right. and that's not at all the case we always always lead with education and pointing out well this is what's wrong it's against this code or against this ethical practice and this is what you need to do to fix it yeah. so we always give that opportunity i think to bring the education level up to speed uh, on that particular area and, and it sounds like you guys are doing the exact same thing on your side yeah and we're happy that the spca officers have the code in hand mm-hmm. and have gone through it quite well and understand what normal farming practices are and what the code is recommending so they can quote it before this code came out they were working off what information they had garnered over the last 20 years sure. as far as recommended practices or moving from certain scenarios that might be more pet oriented okay. or companionship animals versus uh, animals of livestock yeah. base, yeah. Is there anything else you want our listeners to know? I mean, uh, you know, about whether it's this collaboration or uh, you know the beef farmers of Ontario. Just you know, this is well, a this is an opportunity to speak to people that sometimes may not have that much of an awareness about everything that happens in your wheelhouse. You yes. Know? Well, I think it's great the idea that when we do a workshop, there's a peer pressure element to it, mm-hmm. and you've created uh, producers to get out in the countryside and look for problems to raise the bar of our production and the perception that the general public has of what we're 
we're doing. Mm -hmm. And if they see something that they think is going to flag a problem, they'll go talk to the neighbor, the farmer that they see doing it and say, you should correct this because busy highway is going to create a lot of transparency. Mm -hmm. We want this, you know, not to bring our industry down. We don't want to be reduced to bottom denominators. Right. And the more the media plays up the bottom denominators in our industry, the more the rest of us are keen to up the game. And this kind of a collaboration really works well for that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it, where can our listeners go to learn more about the Bee Farmers of Ontario? Oh, we have a new website because we always used to be the Ontario Cattlemen, so that's been a bit of a flip in just the last year. They've done a terrific job on that website, but it's OntarioBeef.com, www.OntarioBeef.com. OntarioBeef.com, yep. okay. And we also have YouTube channel that's connected to that. That's YouTube.com, uh, Ontario Beef. Okay. And there's Twitter and all the social media, and Foodland Ontario has links to Meet a Beef Farmer Today. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of really neat profiles for people to go to look so at the information's out there for people to go check out if they've for listened sure. to this show they have more questions or they want to look into it further uh social media facebook your twitter yep. you have your own youtube channel that's yep. exciting for sure and uh ontariobeef.com uh thank you for your time today dan ferguson the manager of producer relations for the beef farmers of ontario we appreciate it glad to be here uh and thank you the listener of animals voice we appreciate all of your support to contribute show ideas or input, you can find me on Twitter at KevTheGrad or by email kmckenzie at ospca.on.ca. Until next time, we'll catch you later. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Animals Voice Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and at our website, ontariospca.ca. Animals Voice Podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. The Society would like to thank all of our supporters. Together, we are the Animals Voice.